says on your Instagram page that you guys are quarantined until further notice. Yeah. Um, how are you? How are you handling the quarantine? What? What's? Uh... It's you know it's it's kind of rough. We had a, a ton of stuff lined up, and we were really excited to get out there and play. I mean, playing rock and roll is what we truly live for. Yeah. Um. So you know we have um, we had a new drum sub and we were we were just raring to go gearing up for we didn't have a date there but we were you know gonna play up until punk rock bowling and we're gonna be out in vegas and yeah see all our pals and that's all kaput now coronavirus fucked everything up it's been a disappointment but we're trying to uh make the most of the time yeah Yeah. as far as just gloria's been writing we have some new shit that we've been working on cool yeah given that we have the time and especially uh some motivation given what's going on politically with the situation right now yeah how are you mentally uh coping what do you i mean i i'm a creative person too and i i try to stay active and i'm like on a daily basis, I'm always like, damn, I wish I had more time to write music or to write screenplays or do podcasts or whatever. And now I have all this time and I'm like not doing any, like I, I am, but uh, not as much as I'd like to be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to focus and for good reason. And it's happening to everyone because yeah. it's just this unprecedented situation. But you know, I think as long as you're getting some stuff done, if you can like manage to, you know, keep yourself going through the day. Like that's, that's what we can hope for right now. Like that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Definitely. We Uh, just take it day by day, you know, like it's not every day is not going to be perfect, but you know, I mean, Stormy and I were talking earlier and I was like, our main job right now is to just survive (laughs) and everything on top of that is great. Fall into place. Yeah. You guys both work in the S and M BDSM business, which is a lot of acronyms to say that you're dominatrixes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you play in a band called the Humblers, um, mm-hmm. which many of your songs focus on that topic of what you do for work. They do, yeah. Um, how did you get into that business? How did you get into that industry? How does that something that you sort of fell into? Is that something you have to like get trained in, or is it some? Because I don't think a lot of people know about it. That industry is yeah. very mysterious to a lot of people. Is it something that you needed to go to? Like, I don't think there's a school for. But do you like, <laughs> you know, have like an apprenticeship or kind of thing, or are you just born with that ability? How does that happen? Well, it's- for for me, I've wanted to be a dominatrix ever since I knew that was a thing. Really? We both have worked at the Dominion in uh, Los Angeles, which has been an amazing education in learning how to do this. We've been training under some legendary uh, dominatrices, learning all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'd say that, yes, it is something you want to train for, something that is, uh, it's, it's not just something anyone can step into. Yeah. We, um, the place that we work at is kind of unusual to, at least in the world we're living in now. Um, it's probably the closest that you can get to having a place to be truly trained, um, as a dominatrix there's, but there's a process to it. Um, generally you start as a professional submissive. You have to be in that role for generally about a year and it's, it's not hard and fast rule, but that's kind of you know what the general guideline is 
And then after that, you become a switch. So you do top and bottom sessions for about another year of that. And then you can elect to become a mistress afterwards. Um, but yeah, we studied under some of the best in the biz. Um, a lot of the women there too, they're not quite uh, as flashy as some of the big name doms, but uh, they've been around for ages and ages. And it's it's cool. It's almost like being in a sisterhood because you get secrets that are passed down. And uh, yeah, so that's that's both where we were. And I mean, I was the same as Stormy. I, I'm six foot three, so people like have approached me in my life and told me you should be a dominatrix and i was like that'd be pretty cool but yeah it's there's it's not it's kind of a hard thing to go about if you want to be do it legitimately but i mean the dominion is probably i mean once you get up to that place like where you're a mistress that's about as glowing as a recommendation as you can have unless you're training under one of the other like big names it sounds way more like organized than I imagined it to be. Like it sounds like there it's almost like martial arts or something where you have different tiers of belts or something. Like is there because there's no formalized courses, <laughs> yeah, that's right? A good comparison. I, I guess there's a discipline to it in the sense that there's a lot of focus on education and safety and mm. health practices and cleanliness, at least in uh the Los Angeles scene, everyone is very conscientious of that kind of thing. There's sure. a lot of emphasis on prior consent and making sure that everyone feels safe and is having a good time. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you got into it, but how did you like, re- like you said, you always wanted to do it stormy and yeah, I, I think we both did. I just Googled Los Angeles dungeon and it was the first thing <laughs> that came up. I literally. And yes, then I just, I, I knew yeah. about the place uh, before uh, I long before I ever got up the nerve to start working there. But it was something I was into in my personal life, and I I thought, wow, this is something I could really get into and imagine doing it professionally. That I think that I could handle that. And I found out that you needed where I wanted to work at the Dominion. You needed to start it as a submissive, and I said, I can do this. This is going to be a way for me to. Uh, learn the other side of things and kind of develop a sense of uh, staying in tune with the situation and being able to top better, uh, you know, which means to dominate, to dominate ultimately. What's that interview process like when you go in there, when you apply to the (laughs) Uh, job? That's, it's, it's the most, it's, it's the most interesting job interview that you will ever have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you, I agree. can you explain I, a little bit like what the, how, like what happens in the interview? Um, I, so generally you go up and set it, set up the interview. There's um, people on staff who will interview you and you actually have to take it. If you're coming in and saying, well, actually they make you take a test, even if you're going to be a sub. Yeah. Because Correct. they want to yes. see what your pain tolerance is. So and yeah. Have to take a, like, a, like a written test or what kind of test? Like a no, physical, a test? physical test. Oh, okay. You, yes. You pull your little skirt up and a mistress will come in and spank you to see what you can take. Um, If you come in and say that, you know, I would like to be a switch or a dom, they want to make sure that you can handle it because there's a lot of girls who, you know, they do stuff online or whatever. And um, it's a whole nother kettle of fish from, you know, having actual in-person sessions versus doing whatever you can just virtually and um, 
you know, so we want to make sure that they know how to use the implements correctly and, you know, that they do things like, you know, nipple torture properly. Um, but yeah, there's, and if you don't pass that test, then they say, great, you can start as a sub. Wow. And so there's, yeah, this is of, like an art, this is like an art form almost. You have to do it. There's a specific absolutely. yeah, way that you do these things. It's not just like whatever you want. There's a specific yeah. There's a lot of things that can, you know, causing pain. There's a there's a line between causing pleasurable pain and causing someone actual harm. Yeah, and a lot of that is the line between consent and non-consent. Um, but also, there's a method of doing things. You know, you want to make sure your aim is correct. You, you want to make sure you're checking in with your submissive and making sure that they're okay with what you're doing, that you're doing things at the right intensity. Uh, you have to maintain an attitude. You have to stay in control. You have to plan the session. You have to run things. You have to come up with a plan B if something goes wrong. So yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. There's, you know, it's more than just kind of standing around a room holding a whip and saying, lick my feet or <laughs> something like that. There's a lot more that goes into it psychologically and physically with the skills that you have and the way that you know how to use the equipment. I think that's an element of it that many people don't know that all the, the art form of it, it almost sounds like professional wrestling in a sense that it's like you're doing these actions, but you're not really hurting anyone. And it's like, you know, Oh no, it hurts. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yes. Yeah. But we just, you know, it's, but to, there's, there's a limit. Again, there's a limit, right? Well, there's a limit and it's like a lot of it too. And these are things that you can only know after you've been doing it a while um, is reading your bottom and um, you know, you hit them a certain way and you see how they react. Um, you know, it, it's after a while it becomes natural, but it's, it's, it's a skill. That's probably the most important skill that we have to hone is knowing how to read somebody and, you know, know, knowing what's causing them good pain as opposed to bad pain. Yeah. That seems like a fine line. It's a very fun line, yeah. That could sometimes maybe be misconstrued, like sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes too, you know, if you're unsure, you check in with people. The more you play with a certain person, the more you'll know about them and know, you know, because, yeah, I've, I've had people look like they were miserable and I will, you know, stop the scene yeah. if, if they're not using words and I'll, you know, be like, is everything okay? Yeah. All right and go back to hitting them but i mean <laughs> people people who are pros like kind of know how to communicate too but um you know you get them sometimes you get so enmeshed in what we call subspace that you know you can forget to call out your safe word you can forget to say yellow or whatever but is it the kind of thing where you have to sign like uh like a an agreement or something like like no. you're going like i don't know bungee jumping or whatever like a i forget the word like a contract that like if like you get a hurt, waiver a waiver no, yes I, I, no we I don't, don't do that i mean if, if somebody's coming in for that you know i mean if it goes wrong it's up to you to go and tell the er <laughs> you know <laughs> why i mean it's you know your people have seen it all but it's like why do i have this you know humongous gash on my butt like they know and that's one of the reasons that education is yeah. important because you yeah. want to go to someone that you can trust and that's there's a lot of um 
I don't know if I want to say legacies or dynasties of uh, professional dominatrices mm -hmm. uh, in Los Angeles and throughout the world that uh, are teaching the next generation. And, you know, that's who you learn from, someone who's done, you know, 2000 in-person sessions, like yeah. who better to learn from. So, you know, it's it's easy and I'm more lucky to have found many mentors in the scene here. This is like, I would imagine, obviously, is one of the biggest cities in the world, mm -hmm. like sort of a hub for like a lot of the experts are here to learn from. And yeah, absolutely. You know. no, I would say the, we have a, a very good uh, uh, concentration. Yeah. Yes. A, a good concentration <laughs> of, of frozen in this town. Uh, what's a day in the life? Like what is a general day at the office? would you say for, for you guys, or is it not that do you just go in at, you know, I'm sure maybe night hours or what is a, it, it depends on, um, I mean, we have night shifts and day shifts sometimes, but you know, most of the time we go in and occasionally we'll have, uh, people there who have made appointments specifically to see us or, um, we also have, this is one of the only places, I don't know how many places there are even in the U.S., I mean, aside from us in Sanctuary, who where you can walk in and get an appointment. Okay, so that's not, that's not like a thing that's in every city? It, like maybe here in New York or something? Maybe in New York, I would say, for sure. I'm sure they still have places like that, but um, it's just, it's a rare, it's a rare business model. Mm. It's it's something that was, you know, around for a really long time, but it's just a lot of those places closed. Um, they closed um, like because of lack of business or they closed because of like regulations or. The, I, I'm not sure. Like a lot of those places were before our time. So it's it's hard to say. Things, things are different in every state, too. So yeah. there are, you know, regulations uh, here and there that disallow it, um, you know we've we've been lucky enough to be in a city where we have both the dominion and the sanctuary at lax where uh there's women on staff who are you know taking sessions you know right off the bat as walk-ins as well as appointments so it's it's kind of a uh yeah kind of a rare thing Hmm, that's interesting yeah i never really thought of that like the appointment making versus just like walking in and say hey do you have anything open kind of thing like yeah that's that's interesting that it that's really rare too i thought maybe there would be other places uh, you know besides la and new york that would have that kind of thing there might be but um mm -hmm. yeah it's just yeah. it's i don't know it's it's yeah I, I i've not heard of it i think that yeah a lot of just it's just an older business model mm-hmm and um, it was maybe not, it was, it was, I think it was just a little more sustainable before the internet. Uh, so the internet helped or hurt? It helped. I would imagine it, it helps helped. and hurts. I think it just, it, it kind of depends on the way you're looking at it. But um, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people can get online now that they couldn't before. Yeah. But it also makes it easier to find, find um, it, yeah. people who are able to uh, do the kind of sessions you're looking for. True. You know, so I a guess... lot of people find us through just looking up Los Angeles BDSM or something like that on Google. Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I guess like people could find things online, but back before the internet, like you had to actually go into the brick and mortar place. So you're saying there was maybe more brick and mortar places before the internet? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. In in the world of BDSM, you know, prior to the internet, there were mostly, you know, it was kind of a low down thing. You had mm-hmm. to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody because it was something that just wasn't. Really so it was like more of a word of mouth thing. kind of thing, like where you exactly. yeah. find ads in the back of you know BDSM magazines. Yeah, yeah. like classified yeah. sections. That... Yeah, exactly. Kind of like specialty magazines where you could have a, a pen pal and exchange <laughs> photos and letters. Um, I'm assuming you cater mostly to men, but do you cater to women too? Like it's everybody goes. Men. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, anyone, yeah. any gender. We're happy. You know, I'm happy to play with anybody. I Same. Know. Yeah, we believe that, you know, everybody deserves to have a safe, fun experience. But as far as our clients, yeah, they're majority men for sure. (laughs) Um, What is, what are like some of the most common things that people ask for when they come in? Do you have like foot? People love feet. People love feet. I love it. I really enjoy having my feet worship. Mm. So that's great for me. Um, That's one of the things that I have in common with a lot of people. It's the, the yeah. psychology of a lot of, of fetishes are interesting. Um, like something like the foot fetish, I, I didn't, I don't totally grasp, but where do you think something like that like starts? Childhood. Childhood. It Most of that goes be, back yeah. to childhood, right? They all some, do. People, some people can pinpoint the exact thing or person or moment that they develop their interest. And some people just know that it's always been there and there's no particular moment that they can think of, but it's, it does seem to be something that starts when you are young, whether yeah. as a kid or a teen or a young 20-something. Do you think it's almost like uh, some things like pain or like more of a neuroses in a sense that you get pleasure from it? It's almost like smoking, like you get pleasure from smoking, but you know it's bad for you in a sense. Like some things like pain are not conducive to like a healthy lifestyle in general terms. Right. I, I mean, I would say this is more, I, I mean, cause you know, pain's not going to hurt you in the same way that, you know, perhaps maybe smoking would, but um, I, what's going on is, you know, when you get aroused, there's certain receptors in your brain and they can't distinguish between pain and pleasure. So if you're already aroused and somebody hits you on the ass, your brain's going to interpret that as pain. There's also a lot of endorphins getting released um, if things are done properly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 if you can free your mind and let it go like it's the ultimate in, you know, uh, some folks are just kind of wired that way where the pain is like feels great and exciting. And another way that it can be experienced is as catharsis, uh, you know, just kind of feeling it as a, a sublimated experience, kind of. Would you say, obviously, in my view it is, but the brain is the largest, basically, sexual thing that we have. Because basically so much Absolutely. is created Absolutely. there. Yeah. yeah. I More mean, that's, so. that's so much of BDSM is just mental, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's also kind of known as psychodrama and it's part of it is escaping into this world where uh, either someone is in charge of you or you're in charge of someone else and it's you know you have this strong bond uh, a relationship with that person while you're you know having your scene and it can be really intense and really cathartic for people 
kind of going off that, do you think in a sense you're almost like sexual therapists in a way? Well, like we you're would helping shy people away from these... using the word therapist, okay. but I, I do think we do some good for people mm. as far as being able to play out their fantasies. And I've certainly been thanked and told that it was a feeling they've never been able to experience before as far as, you know, clients coming in to have a session with a, a dom. Uh, I've had clients tell me that they, it was the culmination of all their fantasies, that it was something that they're finally allowing themselves to do as a personal uh, a gift or a luxury to themselves in a way. So I think we are helping people kind of realize their fantasies and, and kind of get in touch with a part of themselves that they may be burying for whatever reason, whether it's self-consciousness or a sense of societal uh, shame or religious shame or whatever it is we can kind of help people get in touch with something that they might really want to get in touch with yeah definitely because it seems like a lot of the things that people maybe come to you for are things that they don't tell maybe other people or don't practice in their everyday lives oh, all the time like yeah. i mean there's people like you mentioned therapy but sometimes i mean we'll have clients tell us stuff that they won't tell their therapists mm. Because there's, I mean, even though that's your therapist and they're supposed to have your best interest in mind, of course, they're still afraid of being judged. But they, they know that we won't judge them because, you know, we've heard it all for the most part. So so they feel that they could open up to you and that's a oh, release absolutely. for them. Yeah. So there's a word that I had another guest use. Um, it's called, I'm going to butcher it. It's a French word. Uh, jouissance. It's like a, have you ever heard this word? He used it in the term of, like technology merging with humans, but they found a pleasure in this in a sick way. But it's kind of a similar thing where like you were saying, like pain, it's a, some, they're all connected, right? Like pain and pleasure. And at some point the pain becomes pleasure. Would you say that that's accurate or how yeah, would you describe absolutely. it? I mean, that's, you know, kind of how your brain's going to interpret it for sure. I mean, but it's, you know, it's again, it's more mental. This is, you're you're letting go and you're letting yourself be controlled and be at the whim of somebody else and that's why it's important to have someone who is highly trained and knows what they're doing because you can that that can quickly become very disastrous if you don't mm. yes you have to be a trained professional you can't just be fucking mm. around don't try this at home <laughs> i mean do you try this at home right are, are there things that you enjoy more than others are there certain things that are more fun to you that you would say are more enjoyable and, or is it like, is it always just work? Is it, is it fun work? Is it? No, we have fun all the time. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly fun work. It's, it's very engaging. It really requires a lot of uh, brain power. You're taking into account what each individual person wants out of the situation. You're kind of, doing like an ongoing monitoring of the scene to move things forward, mm. uh, always taking into account what your uh, play partner is feeling and how they're reacting at the time. Why is it that subjects like this are not talked about more in, I mean, they are talked about publicly, but they're kind of shied away from in many social situations. So it's just people are, I mean, this is a very still puritanical country. Uh, There's a lot of uh, kind of deep-seated misogyny. Yeah. 
It's so weird though because it feels like sex is flaunted everywhere, but then when you talk about it or try to engage it in some intellectual way, it becomes like taboo. It's flaunted, but it's still within these societal confines, and especially when it, you know, when it's about um, like male submission and female domination, because that's something that's very, very stigmatized, because it's not what you know, it's it's not a societal expectation. Of course, people think that like you know, I mean, we have Fifty Shades to thank for like the normalization of male doms and a female submissive, but that's you know, there's nothing crazy and subversive about that you know society already tells men that they're dominant so so having having female dominance is kind of a taboo in a way that uh, women are not always encouraged to take power and men are not encouraged to give up power so uh it is uh, a sort of flip on you know traditional society and certainly puritanical society so it kind of reverses that patriarchal idea i guess that maybe people view as the i don't know everyday life or whatever i don't know how else you'd describe it it's just yeah it's 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 strange because i mean it's been around forever but people it's still male submission and female dominance is still looked at as very undesirable nobody's Nobody's written uh, written a book that's like Fifty Shades of Grey in revert, like the other way around. I, yeah. I'm there's, surprised. No there's a that. lot of uh, literature out there, uh, erotic literature that you know addresses uh, BDSM with female dominance. Absolutely, uh, it just hasn't gotten mainstream acceptance in the way that Fifty Shades has. And you think it's just like that sort of resistance towards that just because that's maybe like an accepted mind or accepted view that's being challenged or absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it's it's because i mean yeah because 50 shades like i mean i i think i trudged my way through the first book and that's about all i could handle but it is you know it was not particularly well written literature and um you know so the, and there's yeah plenty of other things that Stormy mentioned that, um, you know, would rival that, but it's just not, it's not something that's accepted in society. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of misogyny, a lot of internalized misogyny that people have. And, you know, they think that anybody, if a man submits that they're automatically weak and I, and most of my coworkers hold the opposite view. If you submit, I think you're, you know, I think you're tough and badass. Cause you don't give a fuck about what, you know, people think about you mm. or maybe you do. I don't <laughs> is it, so it seems like you know, we already kind of talked about it, but these are, um, is it a lot of people that you get that have like maybe high power jobs that want to let go that have it's like walks of life, all it's, different it's walks, all walks of, life. of life. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We get the high powered guys for sure, but you know, there's still guys who are, you know, they still want to give up control for whatever reason, or it's, you know, also just fetish stuff. You know, if, if you like to wear a pair of underwear or whatever, like a pretty frilly underwear where, you know, it's like, maybe you can't do that around your significant other, or maybe you don't have a significant other to do that around. So, and you know, again, we don't judge. We're like, cool. 
You want to talk about your underwear? Mm. We'll talk about your underwear <laughs> with you. Is there you know like what? a checklist or something? And when somebody comes in, they're like, hey, I'm into this, this, and this. How does it, what's the process I, like? We do have a negotiation period before the session starts. And that's when you establish what you're into, what the other person is into, your hard limits. Sometimes someone wants, you know, has an, you know, really wants to do something that's a hard limit and you're just not compatible and you just say, well, you know, there might be someone else who Who will work out better better for you. Yeah. But, you know, there's an opportunity to talk to the person as, you know, without any kind of pretense just to discuss what's going to happen in the scene. And then once you begin the scene, you know, you kind of take off into the fantasy world. So, yeah, so that's just kind of like... um almost like a consultation sort of deal to make sure yeah. that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Cause I mean, we have to get an idea for what a person wants if they're, pardon me, somebody who's never played before or played with us before. Mm-hmm. And you need to establish a safe word, you know, find out how far the person wants to go, uh, talk about what implements you want to use, whether they're comfortable being tied in rope or if they'd prefer leather cuffs or something like that. So it's all discussed in advance. And of course, there's a lot of leeway given, uh, you know, as obviously the the Dom has the power to take control of the session and take it in the direction that they please. Um, but yeah, the, the play partner has a lot of input into the scene. That's really cool. It's, it's cool to get a glimpse into it, you know, cause it's something just from an outsider looking in, like it's, it, it didn't, I, I never really thought it would, it would be that meticulated. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it is for us. It's not like that for everybody, but I mean this, yeah, this is just the way it is for us. And we're, we're, you know, high protocol we have roles and you, you stay within the confines of those roles when you were there. And that's, you know, but that's why we have the reputation that we do. Um, so did you realize, did you guys start the band and then like go to work at the uh, place that you work or did you, were you working there and say, Hey, I, I play music and so do I and meet that way or how did it happen? So I've been playing in bands since I was like 15 years old and you know, it's mostly punk bands and I always love the idea of like concept bands, you know, like you, you've got something like, like I love Max Sabbath. 
like that that shit's hilarious it's like you're all dressed up as mcdonald's characters and you know you're covering black sabbath songs but it's all about like chicken mcnuggets oh it's like uh what's the uh simpsons one the ned flangers one oh yes yes that's the other one that i love um Oakley Doakley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their name. And yeah, they're like, they're all about Ned Flanders and it's like Ned, Fl- I, I, I love shit like that. So the entire time, you know, as I was working at the Dominion, I'd be like, wouldn't it be funny if we just had a fucking band full of dominatrixes and we just have songs about sex work. And um, I'd had that idea for some time and um, I, you know, approached Stormy with it and uh, she thought it sounded good. And uh, we just, you know, we started playing. We have we have drum subs because it's very difficult to find. So when you say uh, sub, because like some people think substitute, but are you saying like a sub, like a so like drum a drum sub? submissive? Yeah, right. Yeah. So somebody yeah, like, who's you can see, cloaked you can see behind us, yeah, with the hood and everything, <laughs> because they just do whatever the fuck we say. We're in charge. Drummers are a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i Absolutely. i i played in a band too that was a three-piece for like five years and it, yeah. uh we went through like eight drummers it was ridiculous it's just like yeah. do you think it's because like maybe the dr- the drummer isn't as involved in the songwriting process or drummers just as like a type of person have like uh more like trouble focusing or like what what do you think I think is? this is just like a thing that is yeah. true across the board in the music world apparently like drummers are a good drummer is hard to find someone who's going to be in tune with what you want to do have the style that you want to work with and i mean drums let's be real drums are expensive and real fucking loud and a lot of kids parents don't want to start them out yes. on drums as a as an instrument so i think there end up being fewer drummers just kind of as a given from the get-go we have a we have a great drum sub right now and you know as 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 all good submissives are we found him on craigslist <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's just you know fit right in so um, obviously we've not been able to play as much as we want. Um, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. like we had a whole bunch of shit lined up, but it's all, it's all kind of blown out of the water now, but you know, we're still keeping busy. How does the, um, songwriting go? Do you, who writes, do you guys collaborate on songs or how does that work? Mostly. Uh, so, you know, Storm and I will get together. We'll kind of brainstorm ideas for songs and then, uh, you know, we'll write like, certain parts or certain lyrics but it's a lot of it it's like wouldn't it be fun you know what we should write a song about this or that or you know and then i'll just we'll take it and we'll kind of spin it into something Mm -hmm. but um you know like our best customers it's like well let's write a song about how all our customers are fucking you know republicans (laughs) and we have to with that come in and we have to you know listen to them talk about how great trump is would you vote you do you like biden as a candidate it's kind of a curveball but I mean, uh, not particularly, but wow. I can anybody do. really like him. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, I don't, I don't know if my down f- this road, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I don't know if my friends are younger, but I didn't like during the primaries and stuff. I was like, there's no way that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I was just like, I don't know anyone from any, I know a lot of different people from different, you know, that do different things. I was like, I, I never heard anyone say like, you know who I really think has got like great ideas is Joe Biden. So I just, I just found it weird that. Are you based in California? I'm in LA. 
You're okay. But yeah, yeah, see, I think that's the problem is that in LA, we, you know, we're in our own little echo chamber here. But I'm because... from I'm from the East Coast. I'm from okay. uh, I moved here two years ago, and I'm from the Hudson Valley part of New York. Yeah, which is like right two on. hours out of the city. But anyway. Uh, that's like a very like Republican area. Like New York City is very Democrat, but like once you get out right. of the city, there's a lot of Republicans. But it's like that here in California too. Yeah. If you get out of L.A. or the Bay Area, I mean, because I'm originally from Sacramento. Okay, and that place is such a weird mixed bag of you know people. But that, but I mean, yeah, like if you if you're driving on the five from L.A. to Sacramento, that's Trump country. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that is one of the songs on the EP, right? Is it Republicans? Yeah. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Oh, it's called Our Best Customers. I think Republicans was just, uh, it got labeled that. The, I mean, it's a working wrong. title. But we, we don't want to, we wouldn't call them cunts because they lack the warmth and the depth. Okay. <laughs> so that's too nice of a term. Yeah. To use. What did cunts ever do? <laughs> <laughs> what did um, they do to you? It's so bad. So you sit down and so you just kind of, riff off this one word like the yeah. um what was the other one let me see if i uh scare roused yeah like, well, i i had thought about that because i had had a friend and i i mean and i like this is just something that i have a recurring theme that i've had to deal with in my life but it's just you know he it's 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 you know obviously the word the word scare roused is like you're scared and aroused right. and i just i think we deal with that a lot I deal with it, you know, because it's just like guys are, they're scared, but they're like, yeah, it's kind of, or, and that came, um, that, I mean, it makes me think of the episode of Futurama with the, the snoo snoo with the Amazonian Island. I don't know if I've seen that one. <laughs> okay. It sounds like a very specific <laughs> reference. It's great. It's a great episode. <laughs> I love the show. I'm not sure if I've seen that one though. It's yeah, the island of Amazon women or something like that. It's called, but yeah, that's 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 the definition of scare roused. So they use that term in that in the show. Is I that where you got he, it from? He he used like Fry used it in not that particular show, but it was like on another like one off gag with the Amazonian women. Okay, this is like you know they're 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 running a stand with like some sort of maple syrup and. Uh, he she she's like you want to try and she squeezes it in his mouth and he says that's the kind of sap i like and she goes you the kind of sap i like and he goes <laughs> i'm scared roused <laughs> that's and hilarious. i just i felt that that was very fitting for most of the guys that we deal with no that's a great way to to take that reference and use it <laughs> yeah. in a song um so do you take the song and then bring it to practice or like uh, Stormy, yeah. when did you start playing bass? Like, have you have you always played bass? No, I picked up bass when Gloria said, "Hey, Stormy, why don't you play bass in my all dominatrix punk band?" And How could I you said, say no to that? I, I said, "I don't play bass," and she said, "Hey, Stormy, why don't you?" Did you do now? In my you play, all dominatrix yeah, right, exactly. punk band. You do now. I said, "Okay, yes, mistress." <laughs> So, uh, that like, was I mean, literally a year ago. Um, as of April last year, I picked up the bass. So it's been a year. Wow, you've only been playing bass for a year. Mm-hmm. Did it come naturally to you, or did, was it? Was it? I mean, any instrument is hard at first, but did you find like? It, did you enjoy the process of learning it? Was it? Yeah, I found myself kind of having to dive in and just learn the humbler songs and the covers that we were playing live. Uh, we started 
we did our recording session with um, uh, Greg Hudson on July 7th or something. So that was three months in. And then we played our first live show about a week after that. So it was kind of like thrown right into the fire, like learn this stuff and make it sound good. So uh, I said, challenge accepted, basically. Is that something you ever wanted to do? Did you ever want to play music? You never played music? Did you ever play another instrument before or...? I had never played another instrument wow. before, no, but I, I had always kind of felt in tune with the bass and used to like listen to isolated bass tracks just for fun here and there long before I ever picked it up. So I so you had like some connection to it. Yeah, because not a lot yeah. of people just listen to isolated bass tracks. That's something like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you must have had some, yeah, some interest in that even maybe subconsciously. But you, it sounds yeah. like you picked it up very quickly. What's the longest song on the EP? I think that would be um, Phone Freak. Phone Freak is the longest song? How, I, I believe I so. It, we clocks in at maybe just under two minutes. Right. Did, I think the, the whole EP, it's like five songs. I don't think it's almost, it's just like a butt hair under six minutes. The one that I cool. heard was that I really liked was uh, Doms Don't Wear Collars, uh, which I think is the first song. Is it the first song? It could be. It could be the first song. It might <laughs> be the first song. Um, is that problematic for playing shows when the songs are so short? How do you do that? Because you have like uh, a half hour time slot or something. We have, we have oh, we've method. got our secrets. We've got our secrets. So you have we to have, come to the show. Methods. I mean, we stretch we it out. Some, and we, yeah. Involves some repetition. It involves some cover songs, but we've got our little secrets. <laughs> so you might hear Tom's Don't Wear Collars like three or four times, possibly. Yeah, Absolutely. You, know, <laughs> you know, maybe. Maybe, maybe you have to come to the show. Find do you, out. Um, do you make the slave your your slaves uh, come to the show as sort of like groupies? I mean, we don't they, make them. They just show up. They, just they show should up. just be showing up. Yes, yeah. out of out of sheer worshipfulness. That's fantastic because that's sort of like a built-in crowd. That's the hardest part to get people to come yeah. out to the shows. Most, yeah, most exactly. people are that like, I mean, we have some people that are like, you know, subs come out, but I mean, most I, I'm involved with um, the L.A. gutter punks here, which they're a punk rock bowling league and um, they've just been going for ages. And we we meet every week at Corbin on Sunday. And it's I mean, I'm a shit bowler, but <laughs> the so, there's some great people on that league. And we, you I know, we always bowling. have fun. We always have a good time. And uh we so when we moved to Corbin from we were at Pins before, when we moved to Corbin there they had a bar in the back with a stage, and they let us start putting on shows there. I saw a so, picture. I think it's on your Instagram of you guys playing a bowling alley. So that's where yeah, that is. Okay. Absolutely. Well, that was actually the one that you saw of us like on the lanes. That was for uh, the Turkey Bowl which is a bowling tournament. And that was out in Simi Valley. So that was, it was related to that, but uh, that was not the, there's like the, at, at Corbin, there's like an actual bar in back where we have shows at Turkey bowl. We set up a stage on the lanes and play on the lanes, which was really cool. That was badass. It's gotta be. So a- yeah. We're, we're a bowling alley band. Let's, you know, raise, <laughs> yeah. raise a bottle. We're a bowling alley punk band, man. That's awesome. Um, you're playing on the lane. How can you play on the lane? Isn't it mad slippery they on the lane? They set up a stage on the lanes, oh. and then there's like, yeah, uh, 
it's like roped off, not roped off, but it's just like there's a stage on the lanes and we don't use the lanes around oh, it. Okay. But um, yeah, no, well, where I was going with that was that um, you know, those a lot of the people there, they're just they're punk rock people and they yeah. love punk rock and they love rock and roll. And you know, so I think the majority of the people come that come to see us come to see us because they like our music. Yeah. And um, we, we do, I mean, obviously we have a very unique perspective. So they're listening to that as well. But yeah, it's, I think people, sometimes BDSM people, especially like seeing people have a tendency to take themselves very seriously and can't laugh at themselves. So um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I don't know how funny some people would think it is, but I think for the most part, like the people that come and see us are like, or there's, you know, it's, it's a, section cross section of the two B- you can like bdsm and rock and roll and punk rock the two or three or four definitely coexist the production is really good the Thank production you. sounds really good who is uh doing that who's who's that was that was greg hudson okay uh, uh so he is a founding member of the circle jerks yes bad religion red yes. cross a lot of those and yeah i known him for my bowling league and i approached him i was like hey greg you want to record my band he's like yeah and we did it and it was fun and um he's he's a blast and great to work with and um we were, did the whole thing in one night i was gonna you ask know? you how long was the recording but it for one night it sounds fucking awesome i have to say yeah a lot of people spend months and months and months and probably couldn't get a recording as good as that well we 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 came in prepared as prepared as we could so yeah yeah. did you have one drummer obviously it was one night so it's probably one drummer right yeah you didn't have yeah just the one uh one sub playing yeah just just the one (laughs) i mean they they came in there was a line of yeah. other subs that were trying to play, but banged they, out the drum tracks and bolted. And then we just did it. We just finished the rest of it. Are, are you writing new stuff now? Do you have yeah. what's next? I know everything's fucked up currently because of the quarantine. Yeah, it's but- all on hold. Uh, the plans right now are just that um, we're writing a new album, or I'm, I'm, you know, writing songs to cobble together a new album. But we just we we already have some new material and. Um, you know, we were we were looking forward to playing it, but we're it's you know, we just we're, we're remembering that you know the stuff is going to be back. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 be back and we'll be playing again as as soon as we're able, as soon as it's safe. Where can so. people? I know on Spotify, but where else? If somebody wants to buy the album or download the album, where can they get it? Uh, any anywhere you can get stuff like Apple Music. Um, I think we're also on YouTube if you want yeah. to go that route. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, so- we got to shout out our uh, our uh, mastering engineer too, Blake Harden. Oh, Blake! Oh my God. Uh, he's uh, at Blake Blizzy on Instagram. He is a total badass. The recording sounds. He's, he's, he's really, the other really half good. responsible for that production. Yeah. yeah. You were hearing. Yeah. We we they, I, he and Greg just made an awesome, amazing team. I don't want to get too technical, like with the recording stuff, but it was was that all just like one live take where every amp was mic'd, or did yes. you do everything separate, or how how did it work? We we, we did, we did what two live. takes of each song, two or three Mostly, takes of each yeah. song. I mean, it's but we didn't need to. I mean, we practiced it, and yeah, we just got in there. We did the drums, and then we did live takes of the rest of everything. Then we did the vocals, and you know, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a fast process. Two takes of each song was like twelve minutes. Yep. <laughs> Episode of uh, Futurama. 
half of half, half of an episode that. of Futurama. <laughs> um, all right, so cool. So more shows to come, like when things get back to normal. It's as hard soon to say. as we're allowed to play, as soon as it's safe, like you know, we'll we'll be out there because you know I we we live for playing music, and you know that's what makes us happy. And frankly, now you know the nature of our band is you know we didn't set out to be a political band, but our existence is political. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening right now that need to be addressed and they need to be addressed from our perspective because, you know, there's a lot of sex workers out there that are hurting right now because of the things that are going on. I get that everyone's hurting, but, you know. Well, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I actually was hoping, if you don't mind, if you have, if you both have maybe like another 10 or 15 minutes, I do this thing called head, like. I, I don't know if I call it. I, it's just like different headlines and I'm just kind of maybe just throw a headline out there in a couple of sentences and maybe we could just bullshit about a couple of things that are happening in the world. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, if you want to continue with what you're saying, because I think it's important um, yeah. about the sex workers and what's happening now, because I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I just wanted to. No, that's say. fine. Um, no, it's just uh, sex workers are hurting right now. Um, you know, they're being purposefully excluded from a lot of aid that's been happening and um you know we're okay but a lot of people aren't and you know if if you truly care about people if you truly care about you know the marginalized members of our society you know you're you're looking at sex workers um i would encourage anybody that wants to help to go to i think it's swapla.org um there's a fund that you can donate to um to directly help sex workers um through this time and you know i've known people that have drawn from that fund they've been able to um you know get get some assistance through that what is your goal like not goal but aspiration or hope that that the the field that you work in is going to be recognized as like like something like if something like this happens you would get uh, aid like small businesses would or you'd be recognized um by the government for different tax things or like what could the government do to help sex workers and not sort of because it, it's um it, it seems like something that's maybe would be better if it was just like more discussed and regulated or yeah well it needs to be what what we push for is a decriminalization legalization opens up to opens us up to a lot of exploitation um decriminalization well, is going to assist the people who do these things or, you know, who are sex workers a lot more and make their businesses more legit and then open it up to things like getting aid or help in ways that they need to. But just to clarify though, cause I'm sorry, just so I understand yeah. the, but what you're doing is not illegal. Prostitution is illegal. That's different than what you're doing. So you're saying right. though, we're, dec- we're 1099 independent yeah. contractors. We pay taxes on everything we make. Yeah. There's, you know, everything is legal above board. Totally. But what you're saying is decriminalized prostitution or what yeah, are you saying? I mean, sex I, all work sex in general. Work. Yeah. Okay. Sex, sex work in work. general. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, I mean, if we, we are fortunate to have what we have, but you know, we want to be, you know, we stand in solidarity with other sex workers Yeah. and people who need our help. 
do you think there's a country that has it right, like uh, Amsterdam or something like that, that has like a union for sex workers, like a red light district kind of thing? Like, is that would that be good or? Um, you know, they they in in Nevada or Nevada, they have, yeah, yeah, they have like a lot of those places where, you know, it's it's highly regulated, and that that would you know that would probably be a better model. And nothing's perfect, but, you know, I think that the conversation should be opened up to that, too. Is is Nevada the only state? Uh, in the United States? Yeah. yeah. I believe so. It's so weird to me. And it's just, it's a very small, like, county that does it, too. It's not even in Las Vegas. It's not Las Vegas, right? Yeah, it's, it's outside it's, of um, Las Vegas. Over and out, out in Pahrump was where they have the brothels. But it... This is what I heard. I don't know if this is true, but it's like the oldest profession, probably is. Mostly, like, well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a joke, but yeah, it's it's certainly something that's stood the test of time. You know, yeah. it's it's just kind of the way our culture is set up. You know, this is this is what is valued about women. Uh, is there anyone like lobbying in government right now to? for that cause or anyone who's like some kind of organization that's pushing to make that happen? Uh, SWAP is one sex workers outreach project. Okay. Um, it's swapla.org. Um, there's definitely some uh, sex workers like Bella Bathory is one who, I mean, these women actually go to the Capitol and lobby. Well, I wouldn't say lobby, but they, what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying um, to promote the cause and yeah, put the word they're, in. They're the out there. And yeah, I, I mean, and I, you know, um, who else do we have? Like Soma Snake Soma Oil. Soma Snake Oil, Terra Indiana. Terra Indiana. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gals that are out there. You know, they are actually fighting for change on these things. And we, you know, we respect the hell out of them and we stand behind them. And that's a group, like, if people are listening and they want to join or learn more about, they could Google and, like... Um, you know, it's... it's they, they can join. I, I would follow um, Swap LA on Instagram. Okay. And get more updates. Um, if you're not a sex worker, the best way to always support sex workers is with your dollars. And give it directly to the people who need it. Um, yeah. You, you know, either. I mean, we, we, I've, we've had people, you know, who will just drop money in our cash apps just to be like, Hey, thanks, you know, for what you do. So but, sure. You know, if, if you really want to support sex workers, like, and you're not a sex worker, support them with your dollars. Show your appreciation. Yeah. That's what we like. Money.
right. So this is just random shit. Uh, mostly conspiracy theories. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But um, we'll see what happens. All right. So the first one, uh, Connecticut police testing highly invasive drones to enforce social distancing. What do you think of that? That's kind of crazy, right? If drones were monitoring people for being too close together, allegedly these drones can monitor temperature, detect sneezing, coughing, heart, uh, heartbeat, and I'm sorry, heart and breathing rates. I mean, of course, the concern is that we're going to tip too far into a police state as far as maintaining social distancing and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we've seen kind of what happens when we it's such a fine line, you know, it's it's where's your liberty uh, uh, brush up against your freedom, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that that sounds like it might be going a little bit too far. Yeah. With the drones. Oh, that was another question I wanted to ask you. Does the S&M masks come in handy now <laughs> when you go outside? Can you wear them? In, yeah, you ever wear it like or anyone wear them in the grocery store? Usually they have like mouth holes to breathe through. So it's like it would be they're kind of useless. Yeah. But, yeah. Kind of uh, I like the, the purpose, I guess. Yeah, the masks that we have, like, our drum somewhere, like, it's got cutouts in all the parts that you wouldn't uh, want, like, in the eyes and the I nose gotcha. and the mouth. So it's kind of counterproductive um, to wear. Leather <laughs> leather is notoriously difficult to sanitize and clean, so that probably wouldn't be the best and material to choose. Latex isn't exactly breathable, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. There was another thing. There was the 2012 Olympics. I don't know if you've heard this one. The opening ceremony was eerily uh, relatable to what we're going through now. It's really weird, actually. I just saw a picture, but there's like this whole um, uh, show that they put on with people in hospital gowns and people in hospital beds and like a giant witch. And a lot of conspiracy theorists are saying that they actually knew about this before it happened. And in 2012 for the Olympics and were kind of warning people or kind of preluding that this was going to happen. Does that sound like total bullshit or does that sound like? Uh... I mean, I think that, you know, you can read into any of those things. And I mean, they're, I would want to see it for myself before I uh, yeah. made the decision. Yes, too. I understand. I mean, that's that's it definitely sounds like a weird choice for an opening ceremony. But um, I mean, it's 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 like Nostradamus. I mean, the guy threw out a lot of prophecies and there at some point like some of them are going to resonate right some of them are going to line up and make sense it's like uh and it's not like a pandemic is entirely unimaginable uh what's what's there's been movies about it i remember watching what contagion Contagion. oh my god contagion is so much like what it's so weird i just is that the one where they have the scene where they like have someone coughing in a movie theater and all the droplets go all around that's outbreak yeah so outbreak came out in the 90s like this is this is not something that's been unimaginable to you know our culture for a while Yeah. yeah but um yeah we we are so fucking unprepared for it though that's the thing it's like everyone well, we're unprepared for it now you know if we if we because we've had these things happen before we had teams in place to take care of them we did not have that this time and we ate shit and we continue to eat shit <laughs> because of it let's hope it ends soon because i'm starting to get a little mental being indoors 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are, but you know, it's, it's grating on everyone. It is, but I am, I, I consider the alternative of, you know, living in somewhere like Georgia totally. where they're like, well, let's open up the bowling alleys. And, you know, it's just like, Oh my God. Like, it's just yeah. not, I mean, let's obviously I love bowling, but that's not where I want to be right now. Places <laughs> totally. are germ hotbeds. For some reason, Huntington Beach was like the only place that didn't close. The beaches they're, well, was- they're very um, Orange County has like got some very red areas in there, and Huntington Beach is kind of like that's like the Florida of L.A. Okay, from what I've heard, and you know, I mean, if we want to get into conspiracy theories, it's not really a conspiracy <laughs> theory, but you know, like I mean, all these organizations where people are going and protesting, it's they're funded by you know Betsy DeVos, who is Trump's secretary of God knows what, because he changes it every five minutes but you know it's it's these it, when, when you go through downtown la with a sign that says open cali now motherfucker nobody calls it cali here yeah we know you're not from here like get lost so you so, think they're funding them to to kind of push their agenda which is to get shit back open and going maybe too soon well, they, they want things open. They don't want to shut down the economy. But, you know, yeah. I mean, we're going to have it's it's going to be far worse because, you know, these they're going to open these places up in Georgia or whatever. I mean, you've already they've already seen it in what was the state? Was it Kentucky or somewhere mm. uh, where they had a protest and the numbers already, you know, shooting up because all these people are congregating. It's just I mean, it- it's it's looking like an astroturf movement. Yeah. Which wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, what I does understand. that mean, astroturf? As far as something that's it's it's like the opposite of grassroots. Fake grassroots. Oh, oh, fake, gotcha. Fake gotcha. I, didn't, I didn't understand that. Whereas uh, a person or organization is behind it and is funding things and kind of coming up with the central messaging and putting it out to people who are sometimes paid, sometimes not to. So know, it's a contrived thing to push an agenda, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Is it is it a concern though that this is going to be like uh, Andrew Cuomo, who's gotten a lot of press uh, lately, who's the governor of New York, was saying this is the new normal. But is that a concern that every year or something, if this flares up, that we'd have to quarantine for a month or two? I don't would- think we, I don't think that that generally. I mean, I've only got my degree from Google University, so you know it's. But I don't think i mean it's the same thing with you know like h1n1 with the swine flu it just it's one of those things that we have to contend with every year but i mean it it weakens eventually it's just that like you know we have no immunity to this so we just have to hope to god that they can figure out you know either some way to get a vaccine for it or that it's you know but I, i i don't think that we would have to I mean, quarantine right now it's just it's just buying us time yeah because quarantine's not gonna make it go away the new normal, I think, is going to be more like what it looks like to socialize. I think maybe yeah. people are going to shake hands less or not at all. We're all going to be much Wash more conscientious more. about coughing and washing hands and smoking weed in a circle. What's that going to be like? Everyone yeah. has to bring their own Very joint, great. you know? Yeah. Just weird, you know, th- little cultural things that you might not even think of like that might change for the foreseeable future. That's turn my light on. Hang on. It got dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stormy, your light's cool. It keeps changing I colors. I was like, her light's so <laughs> Thank cool. You. It's like been changing <laughs> the entire time. Oh, uh, that's shed some light on the subject. Yes. Um, 
yeah, no, I think that's um, definitely like those are good parts of this that people be more conscientious, uh, conscientious of washing their hands and germs and all that. But yeah. um, the other side is like if you needed a vaccine or you needed uh, immunization, immunization records to fly or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like would would you get a vaccine if you had a that would be the only way you can board an airplane? You know what I mean? Is, I mean, like you have you have to get a vaccine if you're going to go to like a country where they have you know malaria or whatever. If you're going to go to Africa, you have to get a vaccine. So, but what if you're going I mean, to Florida or if you're going to somewhere yeah, in the U.S.? I I would definitely get a vaccine if I had to go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, yeah, right. I mean, it's just I think it would be an extension of that. I mean, it's not fun, but you know, it's something that might end up being necessary. I guess the the fear is like that you've heard about the vaccine people that think about vaccines oh, yeah. being having some adverse effect to your health, right? Or another, even taking it further than that, is um, possibly being chipped like an animal. They chip dogs now. You know, I mean? I, you know, I'm just like, when it comes to all that stuff, I'm like, you know what? If the government wants to find me, they're going to fucking find me. They don't have to put a chip in me. Like, they got the resources. That's why it's like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, mean. You already have a phone that you carry around yeah, everywhere like, I, with already location data device, on it. Yeah. So My phone has everything. The government's already got their information on me. If they're going to find me, they're going to fucking find me. I'm not going to worry about the rest of that because it's just, I'm just going to stress myself out. I've had vaccines all my life. I was fine, you know, for the most part, I guess. But, you know, it's, you know, most of us that, you know, are, are in this age range, you know, because you, you, you do have to vaccinate your children. Right. Um, we, we've had it and we all turned out okay for the most part. So, you know, there's, I, I, I don't put a lot of weight in that stuff. But you know what? Yeah, if, if, if they're going to end up unknowingly putting a chip in me, it's like, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. So it's, it's not that big of a deal, you don't think? It's, it's not even that big of a deal. It's just I can't worry about that. You're not going to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I get it, but yeah. If, if, yes, I know. Whatever. Yes. I, like, you, you, you can find me. They, if they want me, they can find me. <laughs> they already got the information. Uh, I have a few more here, uh, if you guys are good. Um, yeah. We talked about Joe Biden, but uh, Norwegian psychiatrist claims Joe Biden is suffering from dementia. Probably. I mean, is that scary, though? Because if the guy has a good shot of becoming president, I mean, no less scarier than the guy in office that's already got dementia. OK, yeah, no okay. less scary than the guy that just told everybody to inject themselves with Lysol. <laughs> There's no doubt that Trump says a lot of dumb shit. Um, yeah. Do you think that this was a target like this was the whole virus thing was planned in some way to get him out of office or is that? that's all no i just i think he's just really i don't even know if that's gonna work yeah Yeah, i mean i don't even i don't even know if he'll leave (laughs) yeah right (laughs) even with all i mean he might not they you know so he's doing a good job of what you're saying is of getting himself out of office he didn't need the virus to do it i don't even know if they're gonna if no i'm saying i i you know i lived through bush like I remember in 2004, people were like, oh, this guy is such a dipshit. There's no way he'd get reelected. And then they reelected him. So, yeah. you know, I'm just like, you know what? Despite everything, and I mean, Biden sucks too. I, I think that there's a lot of like truth to what you're saying. And Trump says 
like tons of dumb dumb shit but i feel like for biden though it's like on another level where he has a serious maybe a problem like like not not even fucking around like he maybe does have a health like a glitch like there's times where he'll stop talking and then start like i don't know if you've seen any of the things that he's done on the coronavirus or anything like that it seems like he's maybe not in sound mental health but I mean, but I believe the same thing about Trump, too. I don't believe that he's in any kind of mental shape. The only reason I think Biden would be better is because I think that he would have the wherewithal to allow experts to talk on things and, you know, have good enough people in his cabinet because it's, you know, he's not the one running everything. He's got, you know, a other people to do people. things. Yeah. And he, I, I you know, I, I feel like at least he would listen to scientists and not you know, sit there and say crazy shit. Isn't it so weird out of how like 300 million people or however many millions of people live in this country? Like it always comes down to these people that you're sort of like, really? Like this is what we have. Yeah, no, it's bullshit. I mean, I was, I was a Bernie girl up until this, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I know when to pull up the tent poles <laughs> and you rally. <laughs> Do you think Bernie? Did- I, know, I mean, I think it sucks, and I think that this country needs reform. It's just that where's that going to come from? Well, th- I think that was part of Trump's appeal, right? Was that he wasn't like a career politician? Was that people were like, all right, this is somebody different, even though he, you know, is a billionaire and all that other shit. He it wasn't someone who was like a senator for twenty years or something, and then became. But uh, Bernie Sanders, do you think that he kind of threw in the towel? like too quickly or or should it like run as an independent or something no i i mean running as an independent that he he pulled up the tent poles because he i think he knew that it would be detrimental to biden and everything is a whole fucking mess and the democrats have <laughs> fucked everything up everything I mean, is like, a whole yeah. mess like that is that is my opinion yeah, on democrats this is on my shit list too but like it's it's they're kind of i feel like our only hope right now i mean trump's made a joke out of this entire country and you know, you know he's he's truly a frightening it's truly a frightening specter yeah. of four more years but I, I do believe that he is a symptom and not the disease um, I, I always say because I, I would love to have a woman president but somebody cool like Joan Jett if Joan Jett ran for president <laughs> I would definitely vote I, for Joan Jett would get shit done <laughs> I wouldn't I, I would vote for that yeah someone's got to yeah. start the Joan Jett you know 2024 yeah. I, I liked Warren too but you yeah, know no, she was cool Klobuchar and uh yeah Gabbard, I liked. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, AOC, you know, and I hope that, you know, at some point she'll look into running because I think that that's kind of that's the gumption we need. I'm sure she mm-hmm. will. She's so young. Yeah. I'm sure at some point she's going to yeah, do she's, that. She's even too young to run, which is crazy to even yeah. think about. Is she? Is there a, is there a, how, do you have to be a certain minimum? 35. You have to be 35. She's not yeah. 35? Yeah. Wow, shit. I, I, think thought she's, she like, like, I think she's 34 and she's going to like, she like i mean people are talking about like because of the way you know newsom's handled this is like if newsom ran in 2024 i think that she'd be a great running mate for him but i mean that's progressive as fuck so we're just gonna have to see like who we end up with after this november so yeah this the rest of this year is gonna be a wild fucking ride (laughs) yes so buckle in, buckle up, strap in. Yeah, exactly. buckle up, strap in. strap in, and strap on. <laughs> yep. 
I had a feeling that was coming. Um, <laughs> all right. NASA cuts live feed. Just a strange, bright object appears on ISS cameras. Do you oh, think? Well, da, da, da. Do you think? That, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what that is. What is it? I'm sorry. They they just don't want us to see the aliens. So you think NASA like broadcasts the shit all the time and they just cut the Probably. feed? Probably. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there. It's the least of our fucking concerns right now. <laughs> if aliens landed here right now, they'd be like, ugh. What the fuck is going out. on? You guys yeah. really fucked everything Like, oh, up. you guys are fucked. Yeah, you guys aren't even worth enslaving. Yeah. We don't even want your resources. <laughs> We're going back to where we came from. Yeah. Um, all right, two more. Bill Gates continues to push immunity passports tech-enabled surveillance state. I, I mean, you know, again, I, if, if they want to find me, they're going to find me. And I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that, you know, I, I don't understand why Bill Gates is all of a sudden this monster. But uh, I don't get it either. I'm trying to understand it. I think he did some kind of drill a couple of years ago, like a pandemic yeah. drill. And then people are trying to say, like, he was preparing for this because he knew it was going to happen. But just preparing for a pandemic. Exactly. I mean, Probably it's that's not, what was happening. Not this particular pandemic. Yeah. It's. I mean, this was. It was just the perfect storm waiting to happen. You know. I, I mean. Yeah. I, I'm sure. He, but it's. You know. If people would have listened, but I mean, there's there's always you know some guy in the beginning of the movie that nobody wants to listen to. I I totally hear what you're saying. Like, if they're gonna find you, they're gonna find you. But it just seems like you know, if it became mandatory to get a chip. I think that's where I have to say, like, fuck. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I, it's I, fucked I, up. It's, it's a, a chip. That fucked might be... up sci-fi future. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. you know, anytime you say the phrase surveillance state, you know, that's you know, nobody wants that really. But like, we're already halfway there, and yeah. you know, I'm wondering how much power we're going to have to stop it going forward. Well, and I mean, we willingly, we've already willingly given up. They don't need to put a chip in us because let's see. Uh, yeah, all the I don't know where devices. it is. But I mean, I was going to hold up my phone and say, I'm already carrying a chip. You're already tracking me. Well, I think that not to continue, like beat this to death, but that was sort of what I understand is the precursor was you have this phone that becomes almost like a extension of yourself. Like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing I I know I do it is I grab my phone and I roll over and check the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like an extension of your hand. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are like, well, the next natural thing would just be a chip and then no one it's almost like the same thing no one's going to care because they're so used to just carrying well, this thing I around i don't think that they would put in chips i think that they with the phones they just they don't need to we've done it for them true so we're just willingly doing it we we're yeah we've saying. already we've we've already sacrificed ourselves so here you go <laughs> here's all my information would you like to use facebook to log on to this app yes yeah it's a crazy world. Uh, do you, I mean, there's so much that we could do with the internet, but I, I think we're all of the age where we we remember like things before then, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Like, do you do you look at those days nostalgically, or do you say like shit is so much better now? I mean, I mean it's hard. Like, you know, it, there's there's pluses and minuses. Obviously, like bringing people together, finding. Uh, you know, being friends with someone across the world, which is something that most people wouldn't have had access to ever. But yeah, there is kind of a loss of immediacy, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's a trade-off, but uh, having been part of the non-internet generation for, you know, 
the first half of my life. I don't know that I could say that one is really better than the other. I, I had a, a, a friend on, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and you know we were just talking about the times that we had when we were kids and how that was just so much more real. Like those experiences were real, but maybe people try to recreate that bliss through social media, you know what I mean, for young people. Like, you know, for a young person, maybe you're sitting inside and what's important to you is your followers and your bases and like what like you're putting on social media. But really, in reality, what was really important is like those adventures you had when you were a kid and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, do you think kids are losing that? Probably. I mean, because when, you know, when you're a kid, your world's very, I mean, at least for us, our worlds were very small. You know, you don't think outside of, you know, whatever little town you're in, what street you live on your friends on the street, your friends that, you know, you go to school with. And now it's like, yeah, you have access to the rest of the world. You know, why are these, these children have accounts that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people see them. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, I mean, that's the negative of social media, but the positive is that, can you imagine going through this crisis and this pandemic and this quarantine without, ways to connect with because it wouldn't have it would have been awful that's why the the numbers aren't going to be like the spanish flu we have ways to disseminate information even if a lot of it's misinformation no but we have to stay connected too yeah that's a great point i mean a lot of people focus on the negatives of social media but like even what we're doing right now we couldn't do without you know the internet so there's a lot of great things that come from it um i had one more here i think this is just a bullshit one but this is just uh twitter to block virus 5g conspiracy theory tweets so uh, I'm Twitter, surprised to hear that Twitter is taking initiative to block anything. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why people like people are bugging out about 5G and possible health effects that could be. Mm. Um, and same with you know cell phones and shit. There's like probably not enough research to really know like what happens. Maybe like in 50 years we'll know or something. But yeah, people are bugging out over 5G. But I don't know why Twitter is taking down tweets that involve conspiracy theories revolving around 5g well they you know twitter they're just gonna go they have to reset the 5g towers to make everybody gay instead of giving everyone <laughs> corona and once they reset that then we could you know have our so once they dial in the new frequency to make everyone gay then yeah you have to it. you have to spray gay instead of give corona that's how the, those 5g towers work well I've learned a lot from this conversation (laughs) (laughs) and it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. And I thank you both so much for doing it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I asked you before, but I'll just ask you again real quick at the end. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't? Uh, I know that, you know, there's no shows to promote right now, but there will be, but you could check out the humblers on Instagram and uh, the new EP that's that's out. I was going to say that's at the humblers LA. Okay. And um, my Instagram, my Dom Instagram is at Gloria de los Cielos. And um, do you want to spell that maybe real quick? uh, Gloria, G L O R I A D E L O S C I E L O S. Yes. Gloria de los Cielos. Everyone's taking. Stormy's is. I believe it's at Stormy underscore Squires. (laughs) S U U I R E S. You can find us through the Humblers Instagram. Right. Cool. All right. Well, check out the new EP. It's awesome. It sounds really great. You guys did an awesome job. It sounds fucking awesome. Thank you. Yeah, cool. So Thank you. Keep up the good Thanks work. Thanks for having us. It was Yeah. Blast. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much.
Thank you. All Absolutely. Right. Thank Have you. a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Transmodians.